Hey, good morning, Metropolis. It's now 5 after the hour of 6 a.m. in the big monster city. Come on! Let's get pumped! I'm not drinking any fucking below! <laughs> what can I say? The camera loves me. After you, Junior. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Logged It. We're here for episode number 65. We're talking about fantasy movies. Weird how we haven't done this topic yet, uh, but we're here for it. I'm pumped. I'm ready. And uh, we got a great panel for you. Uh, Caleb Boatman's here, as always. Uh, Caleb, I just want to let you know, I, I did vote. I took my sticker off already. It was on my work jacket. I didn't even realize I still have my sticker on. I put like, right over Spider-Man's yeah. face. Like I don't, I didn't even do that on purpose. It's just like right over Spider Man's face. I just, I we don't normally get into politics here, but I thought you were trying to make a statement. I'm just letting you know I did vote. Uh, the ads got to me, uh, but anyway, I'm very <laughs> excited about the episode. Bowman, how are you today? Uh good, good, doing well. Uh, yeah, I'm. I've had a busy, busy week, so I'm. I'm happy to just chill and talk movies. That's what I like doing. That's fair. Uh, we got Melissa Woody for the first time on the show. Melissa, how are you? Hello. I'm doing well. Happy to be here. Yay. And uh, as always, not as always, but as always when he shows up here, havoc is bound to ensue. We got Mike Hanley. Mike, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Good. We're going to kick the show off the way we always do. We're going to crack open a Miller Lite. Uh, we're going to hit uh, the uh, first topic, which, of course, is our favorite movies that we logged this week. So, Boatman, why don't you kick us off? What is your favorite movie that you logged this week? All right. Uh, I only watched two movies this week, and I don't... They're both... They were both good. Well, I shouldn't say I only watched two movies this week. I only logged two movies this week, uh, and they were both good. I don't feel like crapping on either of them. Uh, my rewatch this week was See How They Run, and that's great, but I've already talked about it on here. Uh, my f- other first-time watch that I logged is Weird. Weird was freaking great, everybody. Like, if you if you are a passive fan of Weird Al, watch this movie because it is insane. It's base it's basically just like this decade's version of Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story. That's all it is. Just using the story of Weird Al to do Walk Hard, and that rules. That's really awesome. Daniel Radcliffe is committing to the bit, and he is fantastic uh the way they use the the celebrity uh characters in this is real like a really funny satire of the way they'll usually work in the celebrities in these kind of music biopics uh particularly evan rachel wood as madonna is so over the top it's amazing uh yeah a weird ruled uh highly recommend it and you can watch it for free so like why not yeah i haven't gotten to this yet i do want to watch it i'm gonna watch it i just haven't quite gotten there yet but i'm I'm very excited about it because i love daniel radcliffe not only for of course harry potter but i think that just he's turned in in some really really interesting performances um across his many many films and so i'm i'm looking forward to watching this i definitely want to melissa did you get a chance to check this out yes i did watch it i really really enjoyed it um I'm not big on comedies, but like this actually really did make me laugh quite a few times. So like that 
in itself is like an achievement because I don't usually laugh very much when it comes to comedies. Uh, but I, I think like the only critique for me personally is like it kind of loses its steam towards the end. Uh, like I, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Mike, did you get a chance to watch it? Yes, I did. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought Daniel Radcliffe is fucking amazing in it. And I love the direction that they took with the whole biopic aspect of it. Thought it worked really well. And especially um, uh, the salesman coming in and the dad just beating the ever living <laughs> shit out of him. Cracked me the hell up. <laughs> that fucking killed me. But yeah, good shit. Awesome. All right, uh, Mike, let's move on to you. What was your favorite movie you logged this week? Uh, it's a rewatch, but uh, we watched it uh, on Friday. Me, uh, Cody, and um, Scully. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Fucking love the hell out of this movie so much. And the ending with Cameron and the car kills me every single time. I love every aspect of it. It's, John Hughes does that great combination of grounded mixed with fantasy. And this movie perfectly does it so well like it has fucking um uh, matthew broderick doing amazing shit in this um alan rock as cameron is just incredible he just plays that lovable loser so much and yeah i can never get tired of watching this movie uh, I actually saw this for the first time this year, believe it or not. I had never seen it before, and I watched it a couple months. Uh, really enjoyed it. I think upon more viewings, I could like it more. Um, as of right now, it, I, I thought it was really good. I gave it four stars. Um, very enjoyable. I agree that Cameron character is probably my favorite part of the movie. I thought he was great. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, there, there weren't too many surprises in it, just because like, it's been talked about and memed and spoofed and however many times. So like all of like the big beats, I kind of knew what they were, but I still enjoyed the movie. Uh, let's go. Uh, Melissa, what did you think of this one? Or what do you think of this? one? Um, it's weird that you're bringing it up. Cause me and my husband were just talking about it recently. Uh, it's one of those movies that I've only seen once, like several years ago. I just like, I've never came back to it. Um, I enjoyed it. It's not like I didn't like it, but I just, I don't remember it that well though. So, but it's a good time. Bowman, what about you? Oh yeah. I, I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Like I, I think this movie is, is super fun. And like, this is a movie that could like have gone the way of some other John Hughes movies where they just like 16 candles doesn't really work anymore. In my opinion, uh, there are certain ones that just, I, I think Ferris is just, it's such like, uh, John Hughes is just such a good comedy director. Like he just knows the best way to get a laugh out of a certain scene. I I love Ferris's opening monologue. That might be like I think my favorite scene in the movie is just like his opening uh, monologue where he talks about like the ways to fake sickness and uh, you know I I could be the lob I could be the walrus, but that still wouldn't change the fact that I have to bum rides off of people. Like Ferris rules. It's it's a great character. Love Alan Ruck as Cameron. Um, and Edie McClurg as the, the secretary. Edie McClurg doesn't get enough credit for absolutely killing it whenever she shows up. She has one job and she knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, Melissa, let's go to you. What's your favorite movie along this week? 
Um, I'm going to go farther back to a week, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I also am, like, behind a week on logging movies. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I'm always, like, behind on that. But um, my favorite movie I recently watched, uh, it's so stupid, but it's such a good time. Frankenhooker. Uh, <laughs> this is... This is one of my favorite, like, guilty pleasure horror movies. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's very zany. It's dumb. Um, I mean, the premise is basically this guy, his girlfriend dies, and he puts her body parts together with, like, hooker, like, the hooker body, but it's her head. Um, <laughs> the, pra- the practical effects are so fun, and uh, the super crack scene is just, like, chef's kiss. Uh, I have not seen this. I didn't know this existed. Uh, there's one person that the Letterboxd uh, logged it follows that has seen this movie, and it is you. Uh, well, Mike <laughs> might have seen it, maybe, and just never logged it, but because uh, it seems like a Mike movie. But yeah, I mean, you kind of sold me on the really stupid premise. I'm game. Uh, Mike, have you seen this? Yeah, it's been years, but it's it's so insane in the best way. And I've been meaning to rewatch it, so I'll definitely put it back on the list to rewatch. Uh, Boatman. <laughs> Hi, I'm Caleb Boatman. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I figured. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Maybe maybe just sometime on a on a Monday night, I'll sit down and watch Frankenhooker, but that was not this week. <laughs> that was... That was not today. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will go next. Um, oh, man. I'm going between a couple. Um, because uh, I watched a lot of mid stuff. And so, you know what? No, I'm going to go with this. Uh, it, it's kind of like a niche thing. I don't know if any of you have uh, watched it, but it's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's called uh, Director by Night. So basically, like, this... They've been doing all these, like, making of uh, Marvel show documentaries. Like, every time a new Marvel movie comes out or a new show comes out, it's like they do a making of thing. So I figured it was just going to be, like, a making of Werewolf by Night. Uh, but it's actually a lot cooler than that. It's, it's directed by Giacchino's brother. Um, and it's more of, like, a look into Giacchino and why he was obsessed with like how he was obsessed with film as a kid um, and how he started making movies with friends. There's stuff with like him getting back together with like his friends that he made movies with when he was like 10 and they like reenact scenes that they made and there's cool stuff with their parents and then actually on the set of werewolf by night. And so it's only like an hour long, um, but it, it was a really interesting documentary just in the sense of like, coming at it from the perspective of uh, his brother kind of looking into his career, his life a little bit was, was pretty funny. And there's a really funny moment where they're uh, where he's sitting there with Mr. And Mrs. Giacchino and the brother is like, here, read this, read this bio that I wrote about Michael. And the mom is like reading it. And she's like, his list of accomplishments include the Batman, the MCU Spider-Man trilogy. And then she stops and she's like, what? I don't know what that is. What is that? And she goes, you don't know what Spider-Man is? And she's like, no, I, what is, what is MCU? That's the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. And then she goes, and Batman's not part of that. And he's like, <laughs> no, that that's DC. So it's just, it's super just genuine. Like, 
sweet like family stuff and it's it, it's a really good watch it's only an hour long but it's it's definitely worth your time um has anybody here watched it yet or seen of it heard of it because i didn't even, I even realize heard it. it i didn't even realize it was coming out um and then i saw it clicked on it because i'm a marvel junkie and then turns out it was something a lot more than that so yeah i definitely recommend you guys check it out um okay so then what we'll do uh because no none of you have seen that is we're gonna move on to our least favorite movie that we logged this week. Uh, Bowman, you mentioned that, you know, you, you've only watched a couple of movies this week. Do you even have something for this? No? Uh, no, I don't want to crap on a good movie, so I'm good. <laughs> That's fair. What was the other one you that you said? See how they run, which I've already talked about on here. So there's... I also watched that this week, weirdly enough. Um, I, I was only half watching it, too. My dad was like, I want to watch this, and I was in the room, so I logged it. That's fair. Uh, all right, well, then, Mike, we'll go to you. What's your least favorite movie you logged this week? Uh, it's a movie called Annapolis with James Franco and Tyrese Gibson. I I saw this movie when it first came out in theaters, and I finally rewatched it today. And I understand why I waited so long to rewatch it. It's basically James Franco going to the Naval Academy, and um, his first year there, and Tyrese Gibson plays like his superior officer. And James Franco is just so unlikable in this. He's he's basically a dickhead the entire movie, but. They're trying to get you to root for him when he goes into these boxing matches, which is a main one against Tyrese Gibson. But you kind of root for everyone else to like beat the shit out of him. But he continues to just win. <laughs> and you kind of want to see him fail because he's such a dick the entire movie. Uh, it's it's not terrible by any means, but you kind of, for this type of story, you got to kind of like the main character. And you they make sure you kind of don't like him. Um, I remember when this came out and not really knowing what it was and I, I never watched it. Um, but I've like seen the poster or like the DVD, like in stores, like since 2006. Uh, and I'm always like, oh yeah, that movie, but I've like never watched it. So I didn't even realize what it was about. Um, I mean, like, don't we all kind of want to punch James Franco in the face? Like, isn't that just kind of like a thing that most people want to do? But which very punchable face. Yeah, like I like him as an actor, but like, yeah, he's kind of a douche. Uh, so rules kind of rely on the fact that you want to punch him in the face a little bit. That's true. Uh, Melissa, have you seen this? I have not. I've never even heard of it. I just googled it, and I, I'm like, okay, I think I've seen the, the cover of, the, of this. <laughs> So that's the extent of my knowledge on this movie. Uh, but what about you? See, I, I'm in a similar place to you, Tim, where like I've seen this poster and I've seen the trailer for this movie because it was in like the front of some other. I think it was in the front of like the Aquila and the B DVD. <laughs> trailer. That's, that's right. A few times. <laughs> uh, whenever I would watch Aquila and the B as a kid. I still don't believe this movie is real. This looks like a fake movie. It looks like the fake trailer at the beginning of Tropic Thunder. <laughs> I'm halfway through rewatching that right now. Um, okay, so let's go to uh, Melissa. What's your least favorite movie log this week? So I watched it this week, but again, I did not log it, so I'm sorry. Um, I feel like I'm ruining how the show is supposed to be. No, so you're fine. Good. It's not the first time. <laughs> Okay, so I'm re-watching the Mission Impossible movies and uh, Mission Impossible 2. Uh, it, I feel like the thing that's frustrating about it is I feel like it could have been good, maybe. Like, the cast is good. 
the music's pretty good I guess like there's some cool scenes but it just it does not come all together um and it's just it's pretty lackluster it's just kind of forgettable um it's a lot of women vocalizing music and slow-mo like that's the best way to describe it um it's a John Woo movie yeah (laughs) yeah um and I really really don't like how the character of Naya was like written and portrayed so yeah yeah this this is bad um but honestly at the end of the day like I would rather watch this than a lot of the bad James Bond movies like as far as like the bad James Bond movies where like like the like more era where like it's like so so like sexist and racist and like the action scenes aren't even that great i'll take this one with the doves and the slow-mo and the and all that shit honestly the biggest thing and maggie and i talked about this a lot when we were doing our uh watch throughs of this for fandom we talked a lot about how this movie thinks that Ethan Hunt is James Bond and he's not like Ethan Hunt is not a guy who just like goes and like sleeps with like random women. And that's like how he's portrayed at the beginning of this movie with Naya and like uh, it, it, they're trying to like make him like a different character. And then I feel like the third one, like is what gets back on track with like that. It feels like the same character as the first movie that this one does not. So I, I don't think it's a good movie, but I would rather watch this than like a lot of other like spy movies. And it's only like two hours on the dot. So like, again, some of those more James Bond movies are like two and a half hours long. Like, dude, like I would much rather watch this, but I understand this is rough. Good pick. Uh, Boatman. What do you think about this one? No, I, I kind of get what you're saying, Tim. I think that if this movie wasn't in the mission, if the other, actually, I'll say this, if the other Mission Impossible movies weren't that good, I don't think people would pick on this movie as much because, like, it's bad, but it's not awful. I just think everything else in that franchise is so good that this one sticks out like a sore thumb because I think there are good things about it, but it's, it's John Woo making a John Woo movie that has the name Mission Impossible on it. Uh, and I'm not the biggest John Woo guy, but like you kind of got to respect his style because he just commits. Uh, but yeah, it's not good. Like the whole thing with like the virus. This is the only Mission Impossible movie that doesn't do the Mission Impossible plot where like the IMF or some government agency is, like, working against Ethan Hunt, and he has to, like, go on his own. This is the only one that doesn't do that, and that's part of the problem. Anthony Hopkins needed to be against Ethan Hunt. How much better would that have been? Lecter versus Tom Cruise. Come on, let's get it. Oh, my God. No, thank you. Mike, what about you? (laughs) Yeah, the biggest problem with this movie is that, like both said, it is a John Woo movie, and he... Aesthetically, it is John Woo, but with John Woo movies, they have big action set pieces that are memorable, and this movie is not memorable at all. There's no action that's memorable at all. It's just straightforward, and that's the biggest issue that I have with it, is that if John Woo's directing this, you want it to be this big action spectacle, and it just it isn't at all. Yeah, fair. All right, Uh, I'm going to go next. Um... I have something picked out, but of course I didn't prepare and I didn't type it in early enough. Okay, so uh, I watched this last week, Wednesday. 
um, a new release uh, called Duel. Has anyone here seen this or know what this is? Uh, so it's it stars uh, Karen uh, uh, Gillen, um, and um, she. Okay, I've seen this poster. Yeah. So what it is is she's a uh, woman who's dying from a disease, and it takes place in this like, I wouldn't even call it dystopia, but like clearly the future, but not like Star Wars, Star Trek future, just like within the next. 50 or so years and basically what they can do is they clone people and so she's like dying she clones herself to give to her family for after for when she dies so they so like the pain is like less and whatever so they will have her uh, a clone of her to be with um and it's like identical down to the everything so um but basically what happens then is like the twist is that then she gets better and isn't dying anymore and now there's two of them and they have to have a duel to find out which one is going to be the permanent one uh so premise kind of interesting really cool it opens with like a really cool action scene um that kind of sets up the world a little bit the problem is, is that like the execution of this is really bad, and it's from the director of The Art of Self Defense, which I never watched. Um, really good. Yeah, and I heard that that was a good movie, but um, that it was a little um, cold in its execution. And this is very much the same way where Karen Gillan has no emotion in this movie whatsoever, whether she's the clone or the regular her or whatever. There's no emotion whatsoever. She talks like this the whole time. Very straight-faced. This is how I talk the whole movie. Nothing's happening. I'm not excited. A bomb just went off to my right, and I'm going to keep talking like this. Like, it, <laughs> it's so boring. And it was clearly, like, she's not, like, she's a great actress. Like, she's been in tons of stuff, and she's fantastic. And so that's not her normal thing. So it was clearly, like, a choice um and it just it did not work um and that's everybody across the board in the movie aaron paul plays a pretty merit major character he does the same thing and is not great it's just a weird movie that the the, the premise alone is really really cool but i would have liked to see it either maybe as like a short film or either or like a, a even a mini series like stretch it out further um just with a little bit of a different take on it so i don't know um what did you any of you interested in this or haven't seen it haven't seen it haven't heard of it till now sorry aaron oh. aaron is upset he <laughs> i'm sorry aaron. i saw that you gave it four i apologize it just wasn't for me then it it did it did have your ghost vibes that's right. okay this, this I might like them. vaguely similar to that mahershala on lee movie that came out last year swan song i didn't see that like like I didn't, I didn't see that either. No one did. Uh, but just plot wise, I think they're like the same plot or whatever. That's oh. right. Yes, you are cutting out. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> so uh, with that, we are going to move on to uh, the list. I believe we're up to. So we're talking about um, fantasy movies. And Caleb, if you're you look better now for to me, yeah. are you there? Okay, good. I think, yeah, you're good. You're good. Go ahead with your first pick. Okay, uh, so to me, like 
there's two types of fantasy, right? There's like high fantasy movies, which like very much showcase like a fantasy world and like get into that. So I'm going to make a pick for one of those, but that's not going to be my first pick. Cause I think the other type of fantasy, and that's the other, the fan type of fantasy movie that I love a little bit more, which is what I would describe as like low fantasy. It's movies that like, it's 90% our world, but there's something fantastical about it. And I think there's a lot of great choices. Um, Let but me guess. You're going with Bright. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Um, uh, no. Uh, right. uh, I'm, I'm going with Midnight in Paris. Uh, I think Midnight in Paris is uh, a really fun, like, just what a unique way to do time travel where it's just never explained, like, what actually causes the time travel other than he goes into a car or carriage on a specific time in Paris. Like, I actually think the way this movie doesn't explain it makes it feel more magical. And I, I really like what this movie has to say about, like, the nature of nostalgia and, you know, can't, feeling about the past because everyone kind of romanticizes the past. And then Owen Wilson gets to the past and he talks like Marion Cotillard and he realizes that she has this nostalgic feeling for the past that she didn't experience. And it kind of, it's nostalgia upon nostalgia upon nostalgia. And I think that's super inter interesting. The historical figures uh, are really fun. I particularly, Corey Stahl is great as Ernest Hemingway. I think he's fantastic as Hemingway. And Adrian Brody is super fun as Salvador Dali. Those are like the two favorites. But Kathy Bates is really fun. Uh, Tom Hiddleston is uh, Scott Fitzgerald. I, I, I like this movie a lot. Yeah, I've seen this once. I watched it for a debate um, back in like 2020, I want to say 2019, 2020, um, I, when I played Jacoby. And uh, I really enjoyed the movie. It was, I, I, you know, take out all the stuff about Woody Allen personally. I just haven't seen a lot of his movies. Like I've never seen Annie Hall. I've never seen um, a lot of his like big ones. I've seen a lot of the more recent ones. Um, but uh this was i i really enjoyed it i i thought it was uh really interesting the way they did that part of the story like you were talking about boatman i think that um the all the performances are fantastic especially i think you said Corey stole was fantastic i like owen wilson a lot in this um just a good movie i would watch it again it's short it's like 90 minutes that's chef's kiss to me so um melissa have you seen this Unfortunately, I have not, but it definitely sounds like my kind of thing, um, so I'll have to check it out. And Mike, what about you? I've actually been wanting to see this, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Awesome. Uh, Mike, let's go to you. What's your first pick? Uh, my first pick is simple, straight to the point. It's E.T. Fucking love me some E.T. Henry Thomas as Elliot is one of the best kid performances in the 80s, 100%. He's so fucking incredible. And the relationship between him and E.T. is so incredible. And Drew Barrymore, um, she came, um, it's been circling around again because of the anniversary of E.T., but um, she tells the story of how she, um, uh, when she would be on set, when they weren't filming, she'd go up to E.T. and talk to him. So Spielberg made sure that there was always people that were, um, 
that were um, controlling E.T. to always be around when she was around to make sure that he was always alive with her. And I thought that was the sweetest thing, is that even as a little girl, she she thought E.T. was fucking real. So they made sure that at all times E.T. was always moving and E.T. was always alive. And it's it's that, it's that grounded story mixed with magical moments that I love. It has, you know, the bike sequences, which are incredible. And then it has that heartbreaking E.T. dying scene, which kills me every time, even though I know motherfucker's going to come back to life. But still, <laughs> it's still fucking heartbreaking to see him, especially when he's all that gray and white when they find him. Oh, man, it's just fucking heartbreaking. But I love the family dynamic of him, his brother, his sister, and the mom together. It's so fucking great. And of course, it deals with the whole divorce issue that Swobok deals with in a lot of his movies. And I think it's done extremely well in here. And that shed sequence opening up is fucking shot so well is incredible. Great fucking time. Yeah. Uh, I saw this. Mike, you might remember. They did a big re-release of this back in the early 2000s. It was like, yes. Was it 2002? Yeah, it was 2002. Okay, well, for the 20th, that makes sense. Uh, that was the first time I saw it, and um, I remember seeing it in the theater uh, with my my parents and my sister, um, and that was I, – I kind of knew what it was. I think we owned the VHS, but I just never watched it. Um, so see, seeing it in the theater, like I knew what the – I knew the like poster that Mike has behind him um, – like I knew that iconic stuff, but didn't know much about the movie. And it's one, it's one of those ones for Spielberg that like, obviously is incredible. Like I, I love it. Um, but I just have never like gone back to it as much as I have other ones. Like I, I need to give it more chances. I did just buy it on 4k. Uh, so I'm going to rewatch it pretty soon here. Um, but yeah, it's like, I've always, gravitated back to Jurassic Park and Jaws and um, Raiders. Um, and for some reason, I just never have with E.T., but I, I like the movie quite a bit. Um, so I just need to jump in on it more. This the, this will definitely be one that, like, I think I could show, like, my kids when I have them eventually and be like, like, get that magic, movie magic stuff in there right away. Like, I think, yeah, for sure. Uh, Boatman, what about you in this one? To me, E.T. kind of exists within my brain in the same place as the Goonies. Uh, I think E.T. elevates itself a little better because I think Spielberg is just a master director. But they both exist in the same brain. And then a movie that, because I didn't see them when I was a kid, I don't think I will ever be able to fully appreciate because I had grown up with so many movies that were inspired by E.T. and the Goonies that they just felt same old, same old to me, even though they kind of, they're the, you know, the inspiration for those. So uh, nothing against E.T. I, I gave it a rewatch uh, last month and it it's solid. Spielberg's uh, I think Henry Thomas is the reason why this movie works, along with Spielberg's directing. Uh, I think if Henry Thomas doesn't sell it, this movie doesn't work. And I really like the family dynamic stuff. And I almost wish there was just a little bit more of just, like, the whole family interacting. Because I think that's really kind of the best stuff in the movie. Uh, but it's good. It is good. Melissa, what about you? This is the movie that made me love movies. Like, I, like... 
I would watch this over and over and over and over again, like as a very young child, like two years old, it, like th throughout my whole childhood, like this was a, very much a staple for me. Um, and so it's very sentimental to me. Uh, it will always make me cry every single time. Um, and I just, yeah, I, it will always have like that special place in my heart um, when I watch it. Did you guys get a chance to see the 40th anniversary? Yeah, I went to the theater for it. I did not, unfortunately. Yeah, I didn't. I wanted, was the IMAX presentation just incredible, Mike? I'm sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Nice. Awesome. Three Ninjas is the movie. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. Uh, so I believe we are on to Melissa. For my first, for first pick. pick. Okay. So I'm going to set the stage of the first time I ever watched this movie. Okay. Um, I was in fifth grade. It was a rainy day at school. And my teacher pulls out the TV on the cart. Oh, I like where this is going. <laughs> and my life forever changed when I saw David Bowie as Jareth, the Goblin King. In the library. <laughs> Amazing. And I look at him every day. <laughs> um this movie i just i don't know like i think it's just because i saw it at that age it was so impressionable on me and like i listen to the music like still like on a pretty regular basis i think the mu music is awesome um i'm definitely the type of person if there's like puppets or like preacher type of things in a film like i'm there so this film has lots of that going on um jennifer connelly is awesome um i mean she's kind of annoying but like it's it works for the film um and i think it's a great coming of age like family fantasy type of film and the bulge the bulge it's iconic <laughs> <laughs> uh i saw this for the first time in 2018 i want to say uh we used to do i've talked about it a few times but at the theater i worked at we used to do um classic film night and uh that was it would range from anything uh depending on the topic that we had for the month and i i don't remember if we did fantasy movies or what it was i i think it was fantasy movies because we also did like princess bride and and a couple other ones and uh, so I, I saw this for the first time in the theater uh, and I sat next to my, my dear friend, uh, Katie, who was just, like, it was, it was a very, very interesting experience. And I, she said she was in the chat earlier. I don't know if she's still there, but uh, that th this was fun to watch with her and, and, and our, and our crew at the theater um, having never seen it before. It's a weird fucking movie. Uh, th this is like one of those that Bowman was just talking about with like his, like, I saw it as an adult, so it does not work for me the same way it works for other people. But I think it's there's just a lot of fun to be had with this one. Um, I I don't remember a lot about it beyond just like what you were saying, like the bulge. And uh <laughs> I I love puppets and like the Muppets are like my shit. So the Henson stuff, like obviously, like I, I love that stuff. Um and so this will be one that I definitely watch again. But honestly, if it's like between this and like Dark Crystal, like I'd probably lean towards Dark Crystal. Um, but this is this is fun. Uh, Bowman, what do you think about Labyrinth? Confession. I've never seen Labyrinth. There. All right. Uh, Mike. 
Yeah, it's been a long while since I've seen Labyrinth, so I don't remember a lot of it, but the big, like, set pieces I remember, and I remember just in, having a great fucking time with it. I remember really enjoying it, so I definitely need to go back and rewatch it again. That's fair. All right. Uh, we are on to me. Um, I said it last week. I was going to make, you know, the, the Tim... Uh, <laughs> the Tim generic pick um because i i have i have to uh but i'm actually gonna go uh with not the one that i always talk about i'm going with lord of the rings but i'm gonna do fellowship of the ring uh return of the king is my favorite but i think uh a lot of that is like the pure just uh like all, all the payoff in return of the king is just like chef's kiss and but there's obviously there's great moments beyond just payoff but like this one really just like being able to set up this world and the characters in such a great way um, and like putting you into this fantasy world and just like going for it from like beat one. Like, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I talked about last week with uh, Tar, how I love movies where they just throw you in the world and you just like don't get your hand held at all. You just got to like know what you're doing. And I feel like Lord of the Rings is very much like that in the sense that like you get thrown in. And they explain things, and they explain things well, but there's so much going on that if you don't pay attention, like, you're lost to the point where, like, when Maggie saw them for the first time, she didn't have a great time because she didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> and then by, like, the third – it took her, like, three times, and then all of a sudden she was like, oh, this is awesome. And I'm like, yes, thank you. But I've seen these movies a bajillion times. And so like, and I saw them when I was a kid because I was six when this came out. So it was like, this was like my bread and butter. I watched it over and over and over again. So I just think this one specifically for setting up the world, the fantasy world, there's so much going on between um, like the orcs, the elves, eagles, there's a fucking Balrog, the goblins, um, dwarves, like you get like everything in this one. Like it, it, if there was like one ent in this movie, like you'd have fucking everything. Um, it, it's just, it's awesome. Fucking magic rings that speak to you. It's just, it's, it's chef's kiss. Uh, I was gonna, I, I talk about it way too much. But I had to bring it up. Like I would, I could not leave this list <laughs> without it. In the same way that, like, if we ever talk about anything that Monsters Inc. could qualify for, technically could probably qualify for this one. Maybe not really, but uh, I would talk about it. So I got, I, I gotta bring it up. Uh, Bowman looks frozen, so we're gonna go to Melissa first. Melissa, what do you think about Lord of the Rings? Um, I absolutely love the Lord of the Rings, the Middle Earth, like, uh, uh world. I that's actually something about this community and specifically fandom fights that I really appreciate it's like reinvigorated that like love because it, it's one of those things where like I, I was 10 years old when when this came out and it was so, there was so much hype you know around it and I, I I was one of those kids that like would watch it over and over again and I'd watch the behind the scenes stuff like constantly and I was like obsessed with it I feel like this movie actually it's probably the first movie where I really got into like behind the scenes stuff a little bit more. Um, and so I, I do really appreciate that about this film. Um, but yeah, I feel like the last few years, this like uh, franchise has really been like reinvigorated for me. Uh, Cause it's just something I was like, Oh, like, I guess as an adult, I could still like it. I don't know like why I didn't. 
but yeah, no, love, love this choice. <laughs> I totally know what you mean. Like when the first, so when the movies came out, like I said, I was six, seven and eight when the, when the three had come out. And then by the time that uh, I was a junior in high school, when the first Hobbit came out, so I saw all three of those. And then, so I was like really into it, like when it was happening, but then it like fell away. Whereas like Harry Potter has been something where like, I've been like obsessed, like the books, the movies years mm-hmm. after the movies, like always, but Lord of the Rings was a weird one where it was like, I read the books a ton in high school. Like I did all that stuff. And then I just like, didn't watch it for like almost 10 years. And then literally coming back into this community, like reinvigorated my love for it the way that you said to the point where it's like now my favorite movie and it wasn't before like it wasn't even in my top like 20 it was something i've always loved but it was just like getting back and getting into fandom and stuff and re-watching them and just being like holy shit i forgot that i like i really love these fucking movies and now i watch them like 50 times a year so <laughs> i very much relate to what you just said absolutely uh mike what do you think about this yeah, the movie's truly incredible. The whole Lord of the Rings franchise, like the three movies are amazing. And it came with a very funny theater experience. I've seen this when I was 14. It was, We went to a sold-out screening of it. We all go in the theater. Then they tell us, the screen's not working. So all of you, we need to go to another theater next door. So we all get up and go to the next fucking screen. So we try to get the same seats, shit like that. And then they go, guys, sound ain't working in this one. You gotta move again. <laughs> and we moved to a third fucking screen of this fucking movie. Hasn't even started yet. And then it gets to like the previews of it, and then something went wrong. And they went, guys, you gotta go back to the. We fixed the original theme that we have, so you gotta oh go back to that one. Like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so after all that, I went. This is, uh, my whole thinking is this movie better be fucking awesome. <laughs> this is the fourth <laughs> goddamn time we've all had to move to see this fucking thing, and I was blown away by it. I loved every second of it, and I've continued to love these movies so much. It's such an amazing world. This is 100% one of the greatest fantasy franchises of all time. Uh, Boatman, what about you? Yeah, no. uh, I I think that there is nothing worse than people trying to do what this movie does and failing at it. Because you look at, like, a bad fantasy, something like Aragon, for example. That's, like, an attempt to do what they're doing, what Peter Jackson is doing here, and it doesn't work at all. And I think it's because Peter Jackson uh, knows how to do this. Like, what you, your example of, like, giving you just enough of the lore to where you can understand what's going on, but not so much that it just gets bogged down in the lore and the world building and everything. No, they keep it uh, tethered to the characters because that's why movies work is you care about the characters and these characters are great. Frodo rules, Sam rules, Gandalf rules. Like the fellowship is great. Uh, yeah, like it's it's a fun world, but it's through the lens of these characters, and that's why the world works, and that's why the movie works. Yeah, remind me after the show because I don't know if I've I don't film from like a movie room anymore like I have in the past, but I've redone my uh Blu ray area to be very Lord of the Rings specific, so I'll, <laughs> sh- I'll show you guys after the call, um, so we can get on to the next thing. But Jim, what, what... will you wear wigs? 
But will you? When will you wear wigs? <laughs> Yo, that is Melissa, right? I mean, Sounds you know familiar. What is? The what? What is it? It sounds familiar. What is that? It's the 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 Dominic Monaghan Elijah Wood interview. Have you ever seen that? Oh, I think I have. Yeah. I need to send it to you if you yes, have. Yes, please do. It, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Um, let's go back up to Boatman. Okay. Uh, so as I said last time, my pick was kind of uh, uh, low fantasy. Now I'm going for high fantasy, uh, but I'm also going animated. And uh, I, I think that a film that really went for a super unique fantasy world with a ton of just fascinating characters was Spirited Away. I think Spirited Away is a really great fantasy film uh, where just, like, you, you want to talk about how to do a proper, like, world like they don't spend a whole lot of time like explaining it like there are some rules like the bridge and everything but those are also always filled with like they're they're used to support these scenes of like tension or intrigue or something or other um and i think it's done really well i love the designs of all of the ghosts in the bathhouse all the spirits i think like no two spirits look alike and i think that's super cool like it's super like attention to detail and like there's just a lot of unique designs uh i i think miyazaki is just kind of a master at this um yeah i i think spirited away is a, a fantastic film uh that i i always love yeah i like this movie um i'm not everyone knows i'm not a big on ghibli but um of the ones i've seen this is definitely the best one um the characters are just really interesting the story is interesting it's 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 weird enough for me as like a outsider on ghibli and anime and stuff like it's just weird enough that i'm like ooh, this is really interesting but it doesn't get so fucking crazy like something like howls where like i don't even know what's happening like i don't even fucking know what's going on in that movie uh i'm sorry melissa i'm sorry uh, but, uh which look i are- like howls and i don't know what's going on in that movie. So, so, I think that's valid. uh so i definitely like this one i don't have the love for it that everyone else did i actually probably never would have watched it if it wasn't for maggie um she actually uh, was the one that, you know, said that she liked some of these movies. So I picked it up. We watched it together. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's definitely a, a good movie. Um, I think it deserved its, as much as I love Shrek, or uh, not Shrek. Yeah, Shrek. It beat Shrek. No, right? it didn't no. beat Shrek. It, 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 beat, beat, uh, it beat Lilo and Stitch, which it shouldn't have, and Treasure Planet. And... Oh, it's 2002? I have the date. Right. So it's 2001 on IMDb, but it qualified for Oscars in 02 that's why it was i think japan in 2001 and then it didn't come to mm-hmm. so yeah i think it deserved the oscar win i think it's a very beautiful movie but um and it's kind of crazy that it's still one of the only what pictures to what, what am i doing oh of my thing from before sorry uh yeah i don't know uh okay melissa you got mad at me um so you like this movie <laughs> Um, this is actually one of the, uh, Ghibli or Ghibli. I was not, not, not sure how to say it, but, um, I think either way is fine. Okay. Um, I've actually only seen this once, uh, like back in 2002. Um, I remember seeing it at my best friend's house and I loved it, um, as a kid, but I just, I haven't revisited it. So I feel like I need to, um, I just, the only thing I really distinctly remember is the food. The food looks so good, um, in the movie. <laughs> awesome. I, I do like food. 
good movies and and in real life. Uh, Mike, yeah, I think this is a good movie. The um, the Ghibli style took me some getting used to. I I just at first I just didn't care for it, but after watching this movie again, I went, yeah, do not. I actually like where it's going, and I like the story. I think the story is great, and uh, the style in general I think works for it. Yeah, good shit. All right. Uh, Mike, let's move on to you for your next pick. Okay, well, my next pick, I'm going with Big Trouble in Little China. Jack Burton himself. <laughs> Jack Burton and Wang, the greatest fucking supporting character starring in a movie ever. Jack Burton. The man can't do anything right at all, but he lucks his way into defeating people. I don't know how he fucking does it, but I just love the fights in this movie are incredible. The little basket case on wheels, low pan is fucking awesome. Um, just the fact that they'll have a fight scene with um, uh, Wang, like kicking the shit out of people, and then Jack Burton will take his knife out and he'll fly across the screen and he'll like leave the fucking area to go get it. And fucking Wang's just kicking the shit out of people. He finishes the fight and then Kurt just jumps back in, ready to go, and everyone's already out. It's just comedic timing at its best. And the fact that he knocks himself out. At the end battle, like for fucking the first 15 minutes of that battle, he's just laying flat because he shot the air and the fucking ceiling came down and knocked him out is fucking incredible. I love the magic of this movie. It, the effects are so wild and it has that like 70s martial arts style in an 80s movie that works perfectly. John Carpenter directs the hell out of this movie. You can tell that he loves the martial arts aspect of it and taking having it take place in Chinatown was so fucking perfect because it's just small areas. The sets are so dynamic and fucking great. Just everything about it I love. And Kurt Russell is just fucking fantastic. My favorite Kurt Russell performance is this character of Jack Burton. He's so fucking great. Yeah, I, I like this movie quite a bit. I watched this for the first time uh, last year. And Maggie and I watched it together. Uh, she fell asleep about halfway through and then woke up towards the end and was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> uh, was very confused. Uh, it's a very fun movie. Carpenter and Russell, just they 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 pair like a nice wine and cheese. They're just, uh, it, it's great shit. Uh, really fun movie. Not one that I think I'll go back to like I would like The Thing. Um, but definitely one that I very much enjoyed watching when I watched it. Um, Melissa, what do you think about this one? I guess I'm just striking out left and right. I haven't, I haven't seen it. That's fair. Uh, Bowman. Some of these guys will come to me and they'll say, have you paid your dues, Jack? And I say, the check is in the mail. Uh, no, this movie uh, shouldn't work. I should hate this movie. <laughs> it rules. Uh, it goes very, very hard, and it's very, very fun. Uh, it's like, it's so campy and so ridiculous, and it's so much fun. I can tell they're just having a blast making this movie, uh, and I think that's what I like most about it. It's just, it's fun. It feels fun. Yeah. Awesome. Melissa, let's go to you. For your All right. Um. I like Boatman was saying there's like the high fantasy and the low fantasy and I, I think I do kind of gravitate for like low fantasy stuff just generally speaking but I, I definitely do like the high fantasy type of movies as well um, but I wanted to talk about a movie that like I'm pretty sure probably none of you have seen it um, and I just want more people to go watch it so 
Uh, it's called Juliet of the Spirits or Juliette of the Spirits. It's uh, Italian. Uh, it's a Federico Fellini film. It's actually the only one I've seen of his, which is weird. Uh, I've not seen Eight and a Half. I will at some point. <laughs> um, and it stars his real uh, life wife as Juliet or Julieta. Um, the plot's kind of hard to explain. It's definitely one of those uh, movies you just kind of have to experience. Uh, it is kind of psychedelic in nature and kind of surreal. Um, I would say kind of just overview. Uh, it's kind of about her inner turmoil that she's dealing with from her past trauma and kind of a current situation she's going through. And there's some really cool like surreal images and the set pieces are, are really awesome and the costumes are really cool, particularly the hats. There's some really cool hats in this movie. <laughs> um, and fun little fact, it was nominated for uh, Best Costume Design and uh, Best Set uh, for the Oscars. It didn't win, but it got nominated. Um, and there's a B-52 song named Juliet of the Spirits. So check it out. <laughs> I thought you were saying that there was a B-52 song in the movie? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're time travelers. That would be that would be an interesting uh interesting coincidence. Yeah. 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 Uh no, I have not seen this, but uh I'm interested. You got me in. You you piqued my interest. Boatman, have you seen this? Or have no, I have never seen this. Um I've only seen eight and a half. Yeah, I love me some eight and a half, so I'll definitely check this one out. I have not seen this either. Okay. Do it and talk to me about it afterwards. Definitely. <laughs> That's fair. Um, all right. So um I'm gonna be that boring guy um <laughs> who's who's uh gonna go with that uh other thing that he mentioned earlier. I I, I I got. I have to. I have to talk about Harry Potter. Like I fucking have to. I'm sorry. Uh, the fact that this came out and a month later, Fellowship came out is bananas. That you could walk into a theater on Christmas Day and see both of these movies back to back if you wanted is fucking insane. Um, yeah, just like I again, like I said, it's very like generic Tim, but like at the end of the day when I think about like fantasy movies, like this is like what immediately comes to mind. And yes, there are those like low fantasy things that like you guys are talking about that. I enjoy those a lot too. Like anything fantasy related, I'm, I'm, you have my interest, but um, there's something about just like these high fantasy worlds that uh, they create. And especially at a time when uh, the early two thousands or the late nineties when they're making it, but and the they're doing a lot of this stuff practically like sure there's a lot of cgi in the movies but there's a lot of stuff practical effects wise in the first uh couple harry potter movies like um even in the second one like the basilisk for like some of that fight is is a fucking puppet it's like a big fucking thing it's not even a cgi like that's so fucking cool and it looks good and like this movie is just so much fun again i go but my favorite one is probably half blood prince but you go to I go to the first one just because it is the putting you in the world and it does such a good job of putting you in the world and uh, making it digestible, not only for uh, the kids that it's aimed towards, but also for adults, because um, 
I, we still love this movie today. Like it, it's still something that like you can watch as an adult. Um, and I think people would enjoy it. Um, so yeah, I, I love this series. Um, Maggie and I were literally just saying yesterday, we were like, man, we haven't done a wizarding world watch all year. And I think we're going to, I think we're going to jump in here this week because, uh, it, we need to get it done. We need to make it happen. So, uh, Bowman, what do you think about this? Yeah, no. Uh, Sorcerer's Stone is not my favorite of these, but it's good. It's it's a good world builder. Uh, there's a lot of fun moments here. Uh, the first two movies are very, like, you know, kid fun, Chris Columbus, and I think that's what they should be. Um, I'm not, it's my, my favorite is Prisoner of Azkaban, which I think is, like, the the basic pick, but that's my favorite. Uh, but Sorcerer's Stone has a lot of fun moments. Robbie Coltrane. Ugh. I did not appreciate how good he is in this movie specifically. Because he was nominated for a BAFTA for this and deserved, honestly. Like, he is he's quite good. Mike, what about you? Yeah, this is the most magical of the Harry Potter movies, for sure. Chris Columbus just knows how to do bring that magic to the world and this it shows it perfectly everything about it is just magic fun like yeah it's them as kids it's them world building so yeah the other ones do get darker and they get more grounded but even though this isn't my favorite one i think this is a perfect harry potter movie because this is the one that just shows you hey this is magic everything about it is magic the rest of the movies start getting more grounded more real this one is just pure fun and pure just magical love everything about it yeah um melissa yeah i don't have too much to add i mean harry potter the franchise like has been in my life my entire life it feels like i i went to all the midnight book openings and i also went to all the movie premieres as well like it just it was such a big part of my childhood and yeah this one definitely has like that special place in my heart too very kind of sentimental magic movie magic kind of vibe yeah i think the sixth one is probably my favorite like i the book and the movie is my favorite because it was the first book i went to the midnight release for was half-blood prince Mm -hmm. And I stayed up all night reading it and it was just like, so I've always loved that one the most, but yeah, no, I feel that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So we have two spots left, Melissa and Mike. Uh, do either of you have another pick you would like to throw out? Uh, I do have one extra one. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, let's go Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Bogus journey. All right. <laughs> Fucking bogus journey. <laughs> This movie is so fucking wacky and insane that I fucking love it. I just love the fact that they go, we're going to get evil Bill and Ted to fuck you up. And they do. They fucking kill Bill and Ted, which did not see that fucking coming when I saw this movie. And went, There's no fucking way they kill him. And they fucking do. And they go to hell. <laughs> they go to fucking hell. It is so insane where they have the Easter Bunny going and try to fuck up Ted. Like, what the fuck is happening? It is completely wacky and completely crazy. And then they have Station, greatest fucking creation ever. I still love that the the two little monster motherfuckers when they turn into big big guy. I still enjoy it, but the two little guys, fucking awesome. And Willem Sadler, just fucking just comes in and destroys the fucking part. I love him so much in this. And then ending it with uh, God gave rock and roll to you while they are um, having their fucking uh, ZZ top beards going on. 
is just fucking fantastic. I love Bill and Ted so much, and I thought this was a perfect ending to their movies that they could have. It just shows that they have brought life to everyone. They brought happiness to everyone. And that was the whole point of Bill and Ted is, you know, you bring happiness. You don't give a shit. And yeah, of course, they're a bunch of stoners. You never see them smoke, but they're 100% stoners. And this movie, just fucking incredible. The whole um, uh, them um, trying to exercise Bill and Ted when they don't know it's Bill and Ted. They're just trying to exercise it. It's just fucking awesome. And that's the reason they go to hell, which goes great. Yeah. Great shit. Uh, I really, really like the first Bill and Ted movie. Uh, big, big fan. Don't love this very much. Uh, I agree with William, the William Sadler uh, comment. He's great. Um, and actually, the first, like, 30 minutes or so of this are really fun. But it just, like... I don't know. It devolves into not my cup of tea. Uh, just not the biggest fan of it overall. Um, didn't love the third one either. Um, so I don't know. Like I like the first one and I probably will just continue to watch the first one and not the other ones, but I, I respect it. I respect it. Uh, Boatman, what about you? Yeah. Um, I'm. Uh, I haven't actually seen uh, all of Bogus Journey, so I will refrain from talking about it. I've seen bits and pieces, but never the full thing. All right, Melissa, what about you? Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but it's a fun ass time. It's a good stoner movie. It's just, it's stupid. It's fun. Um, I've definitely seen like the fir- the first Bill and Ted way more. Actually, the same teacher that showed me Labyrinth on that <laughs> that that, t- that TV she rolled in. She also showed me Bill and Ted. At <laughs> What? Yeah, oh which is kind of crazy because I went to Catholic school. Anyways, uh, just seems like not appropriate, but who knows? Not at all. <laughs> My God. There's like a whole thing in the first one where they talk about like deflowering, like the the yeah. like, the, <laughs> the uh, wenches or the ladies or whatever. Yeah, like the girlfriend. Yeah. I'm pretty sure wow. she's like, I'm gonna fast forward through this part. I was like, all right. <laughs> oh god wow what a what a lady man all right yeah. Um, but yeah, no, this movie's fun I, I i need to revisit it <laughs> uh melissa do you have another pick you want to throw out uh sure um you know i just i love labyrinths uh let's go with pan's labyrinth <laughs> nice. um i love the score of this film i think it's really beautiful um it's 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 a pretty sad movie uh but i think it's just the i love the the character design of some of the creatures like the fawn and like the uh what's that guy's the i don't know the guy, this guy <laughs> can't remember his name um but very like iconic creature design that i feel like really stays with you uh some of the best i've seen um i actually rewatched it yesterday for like the first time since it like came out um so some of the like cgi kind of stuff doesn't like hold up super well but like overall the practical stuff is great um and i just i just like the kind of overall message just about like i don't know escapism and like through storytelling and i mean that's that's like why i watch movies i i I love it's my favorite form of escapism is movies and you know ophelia kind of escapes in her own world to deal with what's going on in her life yeah 
Uh, this is this is fantastic. This was I was thinking about it uh, while I was while you were talking, and I think this might have been the first foreign language film I ever saw. Um, same, same here. When it came out, it was like such. It was like it broke. It was one of those like Parasite where it like broke through into like the mainstream uh really hard and it was because there was you know the, the violence is pretty intense and like the like the scene where like the dude breaks the guy's nose or whatever like bashes it in or like that shit's nuts like it, it's it's but also the high fantasy stuff like it's this gothic fantasy fairy tale-esque like story and so it kind of breaks through that way I, I really love this uh, this movie. I I think when it comes to Del Toro, I would act. I prefer Devil's Backbone over this one a little bit, but this is like really really good shit that um, I haven't watched in a few years, and I need I need to give it a rewatch because um, I think the last time I watched this was when <laughs> this is gonna age the this channel a bit. But uh, me, Maggie, and Nazario did an episode of Multiplex Loves Movies in its first iteration, all about Guillermo del Toro, and uh, we talked about this movie obviously when we did that. So nice. uh, I think that was the last time I watched it. But uh, Mike, do you like this one? Oh yeah, I love this movie. I love Del Toro is fucking perfect at creating fantasy worlds around like dark stories and this is no exception like i love the fact that the entire movie she's just trying to escape into this other world and the other world is just as fucking dark as the one that she's trying to escape from it's the effects are fucking like the practical effects are great and i i just love um the performances in general are fucking fantastic in it bowman what about you uh Confession part, duh. I haven't actually seen Pan's Labyrinth. I think that's probably the, the bigger shock. That's admittedly one of my bigger blind spots. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, that's the list. Uh, head on over to the letterbox page. Take a look at that. Um, and all the movies that we talked about tonight, we're going to have uh, stuff on there for that. So um, Mike and Melissa and Boatman, did you guys get a chance to watch the movie of the month for this episode? Mike, yeah. I will get to it next week, Tim. Melissa, what about you? I've seen it, but I did not like recently rewatch it. Would so. you like to talk about it? Sure. I'll okay. try my best. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about Pig. Uh, why don't we have Mike go first? And then he'll, okay. he'll kind of get, get it flowing. And then uh, Melissa, you could jump in second. Uh, so Mike, go ahead. So Nicolas Cage is a fucking god. This man is fucking amazing. I love me some Nicolas Cage. And I'm so glad that this was a movie that went, do you know what? Nicolas Cage is back, even though he never went anywhere. He's actually back into theaters, and they, I think the marketing behind this kind of killed it at first for a lot of people, because the marketing was like John Wick, but with a pig, and I went, that's not what this movie is at all. <laughs> not fucking all. It's more about grief, and like, it's like the dramatic grief, not the action pack where I'm going to break your fucking nose and throw you off a cliff grief. It's more of, I'll sit there and I'll talk to you about why this shit sucks, why the situation sucks, and I'm going to talk to you about it, and Nicolas Cage gives a fucking performance out of this. This was a fucking movie to come back to. He does so amazing in it. I love it to death. I, it was my number one of last year, and yeah, I, I'm i so fucking happy that he got to do this because he was fucking incredible in it. 
It was it was also my number. It was my number two, Mike. Uh, it, was, it was my number two most of the year until the last duel came out, and then that took over. Uh, what would you give it out of five, Mike? Oh, five. That's great what fucking movie. <laughs> uh, Melissa. Yeah. Um, even like, regardless of the advertisement of this or like the marketing for this film, I feel like just Nicolas Cage, like himself, um, was like obviously against type in this film, and I feel like that added tension in itself. Like, because it's like, you kind of were watching, or at least this was my experience, but like, I was kind of watching like the whole time, like, okay, when is he going to like break? When is he going to do his like Nick Cage-isms? And like, he never, he never really does. And um, I mean, he has like moments of like outbursting, like, you know, confrontation argument type of things, but not to like the degree that you see in in other films. So it's just kind of interesting in itself that like, just him added tension, like, because it was like, when are you gonna freak out? And then he like never really does. Um, I I really enjoyed the film. I felt like there were some really good scenes. Like I liked the restaurant scene. Um, I thought the underground like situation was cool. I kind of wish they explored that a little bit more. Um, but I don't know if it like fully came together for me. But like overall, really enjoyed it, and I I need to rewatch it. But what would you give it out of five, Melissa? Um, I would give it four. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Well, guys, it was a speedy one, but it was a fun one. Uh, that was a great, great episode. Uh, that, that's it. We did it. Uh, one of the shorter ones, but like I said, it was a fun conversation with you guys. Uh, so I appreciate having you here, Melissa. We'd love to have you back because uh, you're fun to talk about movies with. Good shit. So, uh, guys, next week, we got movies you want to live in. Uh, I I don't know what I'm gonna pick for that. That's I gotta think about that one. Um, I, I, maybe I'll I love Captain Monsters Inc. Let's just pick Lord of the Rings again. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then the week after that, we got SNL alums. Uh, that's gonna be the last show of the year. Um, so we do have full panels on that um, already. So, uh, but tune in for the next two weeks for those episodes. I want to thank uh, Boatman as always, Melissa and Mike. We'll see you guys next week with movies you want to live in. But until then, have a great night. We'll see you next week. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon. Good evening.